You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two grown men try to understand the world they live in by discussing some of the cultural releases of the last week with the guidance of a young trend detective who has sharper instincts than a bald eagle. Speaking of bald eagles, I watched Top Gun Maverick last night and I'm still high on the fumes of jet fighter planes that soar loudly through the skies like the praying bird that nearly every right-wing organization uses as an emblem. Our album of the week is Maya Hawk's Hawk, Hawk, look, Hawk, Eagle. Uh, <laughs> they're related. Uh, birds, fair prey. Uh, our album of the wow. week is Maya, <laughs> Maya Hawk's Moss, which got us thinking about Nepo babies in Hollywood. Nepollywood, anyone? It doesn't really stick. And we can't really convince you, dear listener, that we keep up with pop culture if we don't keep up with the Kardashians. You thought I was going to get away with talking about male testosteronic movies without a bit of big female energy to counterbalance? Mar will tell us why, why we fail ourselves by not watching what the KKK, KKKs get up to. <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Music, please. This, ladies and gentlemen, that you're listening to is the first song in 38 years released by Zambian rock band Witch. They were active since the 70s. They laid low for many years and have returned with this banger called Waile. A great example of Zamrock, a fusion of psychedelic rock and African music that evolved in the 70s. Make sure you go back and re-listen to whatever you can get your hands on, Discogs or your trusted record shop of choice. An album that is completely opposite to the rhythmic dynamics of Zamrock is Maya Hawke's second album titled Moss, an album that the artist has claimed was partly inspired by Taylor Swift's folklore. Um, ben, I'm going to hand it over to you. Or should <laughs> I hand it over? To... No, 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 Ben first. Ben Ben's first? The expert. <laughs> okay, okay. Let's hear Ben's professional opinion on Moss by Maya Hawke. Now, I'm going to, with your permission, can I use a joke that I used uh, on Slack the other day that I don't think got the recognition it deserved? <laughs> Please. I love, I love, I love dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about this, Johan. You said this album is particularly M.O.R., particularly more. And I said, well, that's ironic because I want to hear less of it. <laughs> if a joke doesn't work once, try it again until it, it bleeds. Oh. Um, can I just start by saying, right, my hawk is very cool, and strange in Stranger Things, she's absolutely amazing. She probably she plays Robin, who is probably my favorite character, um, and uh, she's absolutely great. Love Stranger Things, love that. I just don't like this album at all. I'm really sorry. It's absolutely incredibly bland. Like it's just like it, it's like. 
You know how people who think what people who don't listen to Taylor Swift think Taylor Swift sounds like this, but Taylor Swift doesn't sound like this because Taylor Swift is really sharp and does like interesting things. But she, like My Hawk, does sound like this. It's just like tootling around with an acoustic guitar, like, and it's it it just doesn't stick. Like I've listened to it twice, and literally nothing of it stuck in my brain. Just sort of drifted over like a mist, like a sort of fog that. And it's one of those things, you know how like musicians are like it's one of the cliches isn't it well oh i'd rather be 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 hated than 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 be you know people are indifferent yeah exactly where indifference is the worst thing well this inspires indifference and thus inspires hate and not the kind of good hate that's opposite to indifference because it's a difference plus hate hates hates a strong word i don't hate her i don't i'm sure she's absolutely lovely person um i just really really dislike this album i don't see why it exists i don't see why it needs to exist and um, I really don't see why it's been getting good reviews because, I mean, like, literally, like, there's so many other things out there you could listen to this kind mm. of thing. I actually, I really like the theme of someone tootling around with an acoustic guitar. It works. Like, Simon and Garfunkel released several of my favourite records. I really like Beth Elton, for example, Joni Mitchell, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But if you were going to do this, you need really, really good songs because, frankly, the sound of an acoustic guitar and a voice on itself is not all that interesting. And that's fair enough. So you write really good songs. It's like this weekend, I went to see Molly Nielsen and she was doing like pop music. I was there too. Were you indeed? Yeah. I didn't like that either, I'm afraid. You didn't like <laughs> Molly Nielsen? I thought I did. But um, maybe live. Yeah. Was she, was it just her on her own and her guitar? She might have hawked it. She might have hawked it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But I, maybe yeah, but it's like people. a, okay, now I see the, <laughs> The, the thing that you're trying to say because I was there too and I can see the relation between the two kind of blandness that apparent blandness but maybe it's like the whole stick because at first I was um, when the Molly Nielsen concert started I was like what is this? She's alone on stage it feels like she's doing like a poor karaoke mm. thing and we're all just watching and it's a bit uncomfortable but then um, as it went on, I was like, no, that's the whole thing. Like, that's the cool thing about it. Like, she's here and she's doing this, like, all by herself. Like, it takes a lot of guts to be, like, all alone. Um, yeah. Like, in a very, like, it looked, like, not prepared, but the thing is that it was prepared, not prepared. Like, you yeah. know? And maybe that's the whole attractiveness of it. But the thing is, right, if you're going to be doing music, right, you should either have an interesting sound or interesting songs, or both. Mm. Okay? Like, that's why I quite happily listen to some sort of, like, weird experimental death metal kind of thing, because it's an interesting sound. Yeah. But, like, if you... And if and that's why I have to listen to Simon and Garfunk, because they've got, like, amazing, amazing songs. But I find both Molly Nilsson and My Hawk don't have amazing, amazing songs. Maybe I listen, if I listen to them thousands of times I would I would kind of get into them but they just didn't quite is there an interesting take on uh, especially what you're saying about Molly Nilsson of how this is a we're in a moment of uh, don't be too ambitious don't what, what were we, yeah. we talking about this uh, uh, not don't over perform you know that we're in the age of just uh, the, the quiet quitting the look <laughs> less is more uh, and uh, people a lot of people kind of relate to like yeah I'd rather you you know this represents me this kind of half half effort thing going on there could be something interesting because it's part of this moment is there is was there a bit of that mark i i, I feel like it it was that what she was trying to do and it was 
bold because maybe you wouldn't get it or maybe you wouldn't like it. But I, I like that it was her choice of of doing, and maybe mm-hmm. Maya Hawk is doing that too. Like, um, I really like Taylor Swift. I'm not Taylor Swift, but uh, I, I think, and this is what I make out of it. I'm. It's not. I don't think she's trying to be like grandiloquent about it. Like, oh my god, I just did the record of the year or I just did something that's totally groundbreaking. It's like, it's this and and there's nothing more about it. And I like that about someone. Like, it's bold to be like, Mm -hmm. this is what I did. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I I feel like now, thanks to what you said, I understood what Maya was trying to make because I agree with you at the beginning that maybe I was like, is there something else? I'm missing something. There has to be something else and there isn't. But maybe that's the whole point. Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. Think that, is it unfair to regard Maya Hawke as a, ca- a special category of uh, successful enter- actors and actresses uh, who, who release albums? Uh, it's like, I, you critically, do we put the same scrutiny on someone that we know from movies that we like? For instance, like when Scarlett Johansson made her album with Dave Sitek, I remember there was like a lot of like, oh, positive reviews because for once... Because uh, people want secure uh, interviews with her and thus are scared of giving a negative review. Yeah, yeah, there was... Because yeah, people like of, her films. And, and yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit cynical today. I know, I know. <laughs> it's Tuesday. But it, it's kind of, it, in it's a way, Wednesday, it's, sorry. is it positively unfair where uh, you won't uh, be so hard on someone like Maya Hawke because it's not like someone who's been releasing albums and you only know her for releasing, being a musician. And, you know, we put a lot of uh, pressure on musicians to outperform mm-hmm. or outdo their previous album or their previous release uh, uh, and not and not go for cheap um, low blows or anything and they actually do something that's artistically in- interesting. When an actor or actress does it, it's like, oh, it's not that bad because we're used to actors usually like Bruce Willis out solo albums. <laughs> oh, that's uh, an amazing Russell Crowe's music, uh, Steve Martin. I mean, Steve Martin's not that bad. I mean, but a lot of these yeah, people. Yeah, but he was a comedian first and foremost. He was like an yeah. entertainer kind of. And and a lot of you know these American comedians are usually there. A lot of them are very good musicians as well because it's part of the performance entertaining. Uh, skills no you need to be that's what i like about north american performers you know when you when you go into the pit you got to sing dance do everything be be able to do broadway as much as jump out of a moving car or fly your own jet plane um <laughs> like taylor swift <laughs> <laughs> i bet she could no um, but she's uh, it, there was a joke like a few weeks ago that she's the most the person with a private jet plane that pollutes the most out of all the celebrities. Yeah, so. but can she pilot her own jet plane? That's I bet she can. She's been so many hours on that plane that she can now pilot it with her eyes closed. I think it's so unfair <laughs> that she gets to. She has to carry the burden of being the the rich person with a private jet pl- with a private plane when e- you know everyone in but the, she's one the one percent, the top one polluting the like Did, out that of cannot... more than the Kardashians, more than all these celebrities that post um, stories on their private all the time she's the one that does it the most didn't really? she claim that she hired out her private jet to other people yeah. and that was why or something like that yeah. there, there's a Twitter account that basically follows celebrity private jets and Elon Musk offered him like $5,000 to close it down and he said no <laughs> <laughs> that was one of my favourite stories <laughs> 
But um, uh, well, okay. But uh, my mind is blowing now because I love talking about <laughs> private jets, things that things that I can't afford. Um, but uh, going back to this this thought that I have that uh, I'm I'm not judging Maya Hawke's output as mu- as I would judge an album from Claro or mm-hmm. um, or Alex Sandy Alex, Sandy Alex G, mm-hmm. um, because I think it's a very 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 good album from someone who doesn't do this full time if you know what I mean yeah. like she's she's already starting to thrive with her Hollywood career and I hope she sticks to it just like her father and mother um, who if you didn't know or hadn't mm. added up the you know she's the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman you know two of like the most beloved Hollywood couples even though they're not together they haven't been together for a while but uh, it's there's a thing that caught my attention listening to her song Therese there's a phrase that uh, that made me not cringe, but it was like, eh, uh, milk matches her underwear. And it just, you know, it's from a song which was inspired by a Balthus painting at the Muse- Metropolitan Museum of Art. So this is, it can't be more bougie. It's like, oh, you're inspired by modern art. And it reminds me of her father's accomplishments as a, as a, as a writer. Uh, Ethan Hawke published a few novels, which I haven't read, but I skimmed over. <laughs> I skimmed over a bit in bookshops, and I could appreciate that he definitely loved J.D. Salinger, Chandler, and don't make me say his name—the alcoholic misogynist who all indie college students worship. Um, <laughs> but I have never not liked Ethan Hawke as an actor or artist. It's just that some of his early roles milked the. Holden Coalfield, disaffected teenager from comfortable means that has, you know, it's been his staple for so long that it can become a little bit grating, especially when he continues with this persona off screen as a writer. And I think, I fear that she's following the same footsteps with these kind of lyrics, uh, trying to be a little bit edgy and introduce a little bit of um, uh, risque lyrics, uh, but in a, in a casual way. It's not a bad thing, but... I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't be putting too many expectations on uh, indie Hollywood royalty. I think she it's 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 a very good effort what she's done. <laughs> it's a very good effort. It's That's a, even more damning than what yeah, I said. No, no, is it condescending? No, I, well, like I would love to be Maya Hawke's friend or part of her inner circle because everything she and her family does, I've always thought was cool. Everything like there's not a there, there's not a there, I can't. The only bad thing that I've seen come out of that trio of of the, the, those family members was, and it's not her fault, she was forced to do it, was Uma Thurman doing the, the, the Pulp Fiction dance with John Travolta and Samuel Jackson at the Oscars last ceremony. It was so cringy. It's like, Uma, how... Uh, the three of you, I mean, from Travolta, you can... Exp- it's like, ah, he'll play, play along. But like, Samuel Jackson, come on, man, you... But here's the thing, right? Don't celebrities always say they want to be treated like anyone else? They want to be treated just fairly like anyone else. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm treating this this album the same as anyone else. And True. you're being bad by yeah. by saying, you know, I'm not I'm not going to be 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 rude, be harsh, about it. be you, critically harsh. You know what I mean? I'm treating I'm treating this as I would uh, treat an album by by anyone. So I, there we go. I mean, what can you expect from an album titled Moss? It's exactly what you get. You can feel the rain outside a window of a wooden cabin that only Hollywood Nepo babies and Taylor Swift can <laughs> afford to rent. And you know what? It's not a critique. I shall praise it because I'm at an age where I like to get what I paid for. And if I'm going to play an album called Moss, I expect this kind of bland, mist, 
of songs that don't really stick in your memory. It's just part of, it's a mood. It's, it's music to put on in the morning when you're trying to get your head uh, sorted. Uh, it's like, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to take the baby to the kid to the, well, the nursery. I've got to write up my script for, uh, you know, so it's great music that doesn't rub your attention like an over mono record or what's that thing? Two shell, which is like, wow. My full attention is is stolen by what's on this album. Yeah, but it's like you know those uh, YouTube play uh, YouTube yeah. channels that just do like music to study to and yeah. lo-fi hip hop. Lo-fi hip hop beats. Like, I mean, <laughs> fine, they have a purpose, but is that really what we want from from music? You know, it's purposeful. Like? It has a purpose. Yeah, you might yeah, not like it, it. No, I don't like it. But like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but is can we really not hope for any better? You know, like, can we? Is that really where we're at? That like something vaguely purposeful that that doesn't make any impression is what is what we want? Can't sometimes, we? Sometimes, sometimes we need that. Well, sometimes. aren't we? Well, like, what about? I didn't want everything to be incredible because I would yeah. be overwhelmed. I yes. do. I want everything to be incredible, but things can be incredible in different ways. Like things could be an incredible. It could be quite empty and quite sparse, but incredible. You know, which yeah. this isn't. I think she's on the way to maybe if she could. This is her second album. That's another milestone. Like most, most of Hollywood actors, I don't know when they've got like a lot going on in their acting careers. They don't really. Well, that's the thing. No, the actors do have a lot of time on their hands because you can shoot a movie in two months or like six weeks or something, and you're set for the rest of the year. Like if you, if you make if you're in a, a, you know in Stranger Things uh, as proficiently as she is i'm sure she doesn't have to worry about having to work mm, the rest of the year so she can like you know you still have a lot of free time that you have to take care of your psyche and like not be mm, buried in your insecurity of oh where's my career going when's my next gig gonna be what's my next movie am i gonna be able to do something is this gonna end now what a great way to spend time by recording an album even though it's not the biggest the 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 most mm, mm, groundbreaking album She's on the way figuring out, and sometimes it might take four albums for her to do something that's like, wow, this, this is an interesting thing. Robert Pattinson, as we've discussed many yeah. times in the past, made ambient music while he was uh, filming The Batman. Yeah. Right? To relax. Yeah. Didn't release it, though, did he? Yeah. Didn't feel the need. And if he released it, it didn't he, come online noise He, he knows though. he would be too powerful if he did that. <laughs> I mean, he's afraid of the power he would have. Exactly. He's <laughs> responsible because he knows that he would, he would have to turn down so many festival appearances <laughs> because people would know it's like if I put Robert Panzer and Son on the bill, I'm selling like at least a third of my ticket sales just from like fans who want to come and see him in person, which is a lot of the allure of these Hollywood people, when, act, celebrities when they release records. People don't go to watch them because of the content of the actual songs. It's because you want to, you know, you want to be in the same room as Steve Martin or Russell Crowe or give me more of a... Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves has a band. Dog Star. Don't you remember Dog Star? No, Dog Star was the Charlie it... Simpsons from uh, from Busted. No, no, that was Fight Star. True, true. Sorry, you're right. Dog Star. Dog Star. Terrible name. Have you heard Dog Star? No, but I would really like to listen to it um, because Keanu Reeves can do no wrong. Keanu can do no wrong, but you know who can do a lot of wrong? Johnny Depp. Oh, Johnny well, Depp, God. Johnny Depp on a on a stage. I mean, I uh, let's not. Well, hang on. I think, I think, I think probably. And it's 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 because it's. Oh, where do I start? The 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 clothes, the the scarves. I mean, 
I can just imagine him and Steven Tyler uh, there's jamming. There's a few other things I might start with, to be honest, but I'm, uh, my lawyers are... And I'm I love scarves. I, I wear a scarf <laughs> or two in, when it's cold and stuff, when, when, when the fall. But Johnny Depp with, the, with the, the shtick, you know, it's like, I'm a rocker. I'm a real rocker. I jam with Keith Richards and stuff. And it's just too much. It's like, you can't get everything you want all the time. You can't have the endless wine cellar and get away with, whatever you're getting away with and be a rock star <laughs> as well as a millionaire actor who's plundering his career uh, by just phoning it in. No, no, no. I'm not having it. Uh, I'd rather have my Hulk. I would, gla- I would... Oh, I'd rather have my Hulk than that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> those are really, really low standards you're putting in. I mean, it's better than Keanu Reeves' band. It's not quite as good as uh, as um, Bruce Willis's solo album, which was pretty banging. It's not as good as She and Him, who are very good. She and Him, She and Him. But you see, that that was kind of not cheating, but uh, you know, she has M Ward on her side, so it's like uh, Zoe de Chanel. But again, she was so she was milking that um, polka dot dress indie girl thing that she was famous for in her, you know, the manic pixie dream girl making an album, no. Uh, of ukulele songs and the, you know, the little raspy kind of, uh, well, not raspy. She wouldn't rasp it too much, but the cute no, kind of cookie, fun. cookie pop. Uh, uh, it was a bit too much in my face. It's like I know what I'm getting. I know what I can expect from she and him in live. And as much as I adore Zoe De Chanel, it's a bit too much. Oh, that's another thing I praise Maya Hawk for. She she lets her arms curl, which is like standard thing in like this kind of bedroom folk. They're, uh, like a little gremlin voice but she doesn't abuse it she doesn't like draw them out too much she has a little uh, here and there but not too much so it's like good good she restrained herself um i'm i'm giving i'll give her a 6.5 no i'm gonna give her a seven are we giving like i don't know but it's, <laughs> uh, no we're, uh, <laughs> no we're, this is the no. first time we're giving like numbers Scores. Yeah, yeah no 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 that's unfair no okay but uh, no more than a seven i think i think i will in i could i could find moments for this record like i say in the morning when i'm a little bit stressed out uh as a breakfast it is <laughs> uh own brand cornflakes that have been left in the milk too long okay yeah. Can we, can we score things by breakfast yeah. cereals? Oh, no. yeah, I, yeah. I think you just... Because it sucks when the muesli, the muesli is too mm-hmm. damp and you lose the crunch because sucks. you took too long. You took a phone call and you'd already poured. Or when mm-hmm. I put muesli in my yogurt and it's like no longer the crunch. Yeah. 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 That's a very good... <laughs> what breakfast is this for you, Mark? <laughs> this is like a coffee that my roommate made when she woke up in the morning and I got like the leftovers of the coffee that she made and it's a bit cold, but I'm thankful someone did the coffee for me. Yeah. Good analogy. <laughs> good analogy. <laughs> I like it. We're so good at this. <laughs> I'm gonna, okay, well, I'm going to complete this with you woke up late at the lovely White Lotus type resort, so you get down to breakfast and they're kind of clearing up the breakfast, but they let you sit in anyway and there's still a few bits of melon and watermelon that has slightly wil- wilted a little bit, so it's not fully crunchy. But you know, you still get a lot of juice and freshness. <laughs> Stick that on your poster, Maya. That's uh, that's it. I think it's super good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's let, let's let's milk this. Uh, let's listen to a little bit of Maya Hawk.
You know, that, that's very Taylor Swift, that all of a sudden, like, stopping the melody and dream she was over. I don't know. It's, I can hear Taylor all over this, you know. And it's great. I, I love that the, the Taylor is now at a point where she's influencing mm, girls of her age or more slightly younger. You know, it's like, yes, yes, this is the best way of Taylor getting dues. Taylor Swift, however, is among the first down to breakfast, really good yogurt. Yeah. Fruits of the forest in it. Yeah. A fresh cup of coffee. And a little bit of fresh made scrambled egg on a bagel. And not just any yeah. coffee. Some some of that expensive, like, you know, 12 euro the, the quarter of a kilo exactly. coffee yeah. <laughs> from Senegal or some fair trade farm. Yes, yes. Um, anyway, something that, uh, okay, I've, it's not even a breakfast. This was caviar to me <laughs> last night. This was caviar with fresh made blinis. Swedish have caviar for breakfast. Yes, they do. They're a rich country. They can afford it. <laughs> uh, I watched Top Gun Maverick last night and I had an unexpected blast. My girlfriend did as well. Uh, unexpected because I was never invested in the original first movie from 1986, you know. But after hearing two film enthusiasts I respect say it was the movie of the year, it was flickering on my radar. One of these film enthusiasts is Quentin Tarantino. The other, our colleague and director of Primavera Soundcoms, Joan Pons. And it's like, wow. Uh, really? Movie of the year? Okay. So as a parent who's always falling asleep, especially with these low-lit night scenes in every contemporary series, this trend has to end. I'm not asking for every show or movie to have fights lit up like a Lizzie McGuire episode, but come on, DOPs. Let's figure out a way of improving what Spanish film schools refer to as La Noche Americana, huh? where scenes are filmed in daylight and then they filter the hell out of it in post-production to make it look like nighttime. I can suspend disbelief Enough to believe that Emma Stone would fall for Jonah Hill in Superbad. I'm willing to believe it is 3 a.m. in the morning in a battlefield where even though everyone has shining spots on their armor from afternoon sunlight. So imagine my relief when we hit the rent button on the streaming platform to watch what has been hailed as the daddest movie of recent years. There is no slow pace. From the get-go, we see Tom Cruise maverick in his own plane hangar repairing a souped-up vintage fighter plane from... World War II or whatever, because watching men repair things is soft porn for mums. I swear, if I want to get baby mama in the mood, all I need to do is pull out the screwdriver or a wrench and fix a tap. When I pass the Dyson Hoover around the living room, the pheromones are rising, boy. Now, um, <laughs> I don't need to put on the police uniform, no fireman helmet shit, just a little undertaking around the house with equipment. You know, what, you know what many women said was the sexiest scene in Mad Men? One episode where a faucet runs loose and Don Draper takes off his shirt to wrap around the flooding escape and manages to fix it? The world gasp. This alcoholic, cuckolding ad man who blacked his way into Madison Avenue could actually be handy around the house. The dream was never wetter. Anyway, John, I relate this because John Hamm, who plays Don Draper, is in Top Gun Maverick and he's perfect. Anyway, the movie is male pornography. Testosterone levels are high from the get-go. The glorification of American elite military squadrons has never been so well marketed. 
I wonder if the U.S. military actually funds these movies. I can imagine quite a few youngsters considering joining the Marines or the Navy from watching this. Because it all looks like so much fun. And no one gets hurt. And they, they all fly these super high-tech equipment. Like, yeah, like all you need to do is read a manual. And yeah, you'll be fine. You can take down a base. They do. They do. Yeah. 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 There's actually another one on Netflix by some like teen Disney star that that's staring on the movie and it's basically just um navy propaganda so this must so this has been happening since <laughs> michael bay got behind the camera right so the u.s military actually funds oh, it's been happening for ages apparently yeah. some of the um early james bond films as well wow british british secret sir, uh, or or british I, I don't know i'm only I'm, only I'm i'm looking at uh the sorry this this very uh, just i'm looking at website basically uh, nofilmschool.com because, you know, you kind of imagine, it's like, you don't, you don't even need to research as you can imagine, like, some of these films are so propagand propagandistic. And, you know, I think maybe the inventor of this was Goebbels with with Hitler, with the Nazi propaganda movies, the Lenny Riffin Cultural, style. Yeah. Okay, but I'm getting into intellectual dialogue <laughs> that I'm not prepared for. So, okay, never mind. Okay, uh, Nazis. Nah, 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 para, para, quieto. Garden. <laughs> stay away. The, the movie is male pornography, uh, testosterone levels, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so anyway, you know, uh, oh, another thing I, I found just like, oh, okay, their guns are ablazing in this and there's just no shame whatsoever. You know how you make a contemporary, contemporary film where Americans need to, North Americans need to attack an enemy base from a foreign country without creating political tension in real life? This is genius. Never mention the country and never show the faces of the enemy. They all wear these like, black um, opaque um, screen pilot masks the country is never mentioned you just kind of understand from you know the geography the landscape that it could be russia could be north korea uh, but most likely eastern european country gone rogue or whatever uh, so it's like it's, but it's not said so there's no there's no no one has to come out and disclaim there's not going to be any kind of backlash on social media or anything any viewer can fill the blanks with whomever they wish to be in the fighter seat, right? Um, now, as you can expect from this kind of macho overdose film, the female roles are, they're not even two-dimensional. I mean, it's its just a dimension of its own. Jennifer Connelly, who I love, plays Maverick's love interest, and on paper, it's just ridiculous. She owns and runs a bar where pilots from the military base hang out. I mean, this is a wet dream for all those January 6th insurgents. When Tom... And the screen, had the screenwriter meetings, they just sort of thought, okay, what can be the perfect woman for the target audience that we're going for? Uh, the kind of men who wear MAGA hats and this, that, the other, okay? It's like, well, uh, she, she has to have perfect hair, straight out of rollers with brown streaks. She runs the bar. And during her free time, she sails a sailboat. And after she sails her boat in rough winds, when she returns back on land, her hair looks ready to walk a red carpet in front of the Kodak Theater, in front of the world's paparazzi. There's a moment where the bar is full of people being super happy, singing Great Balls of Fire, reminiscent of a scene in the first Top Gun movie. And Tom Cruise, sorry, Maverick, is outside sulking because it reminds him of his friend Goose. She sees him, and it is just what every man wants for his sorrow to be noticed by the one perfect woman who owns a bar and whose hair doesn't turn into the lead singer of The Cures after enduring a hurricane. Tom Cruise isn't afraid to frame himself into a masculine ideal. He has mined, it, mined his body for decades and he sits atop a mountain of wealth thanks to his obsession with himself. Influencers, take note. Of course, 
It's him really flying the fighter jets. It's him speeding in a motorcycle without a helmet throughout the movie because he has a need for speed. And apparently in the United States, I think you can ride a motorcycle really fast without a helmet. Is that possible? It probably depends on the state, doesn't it? It depends on the state, yeah. doesn't it? I think so. I think I saw this sometime where I was like, why do people don't wear helmets in the, in the movies? This is like, whatever. Uh, and when an aging actor has to pass the torch, these, these films usually serve up new talent for us to watch out for, right? So it may seem like Miles Teller, who plays Goose's son, is being groomed by Hollywood to become the next Tom Cruise. If he doesn't mess up, he could really become at least the next Christian Bale, balancing big action movies with edgy roles in thrillers and even comedy. Or like Mark Wahlberg, you know, he manages to do both very well and he can even do drama. He pulls it off. He has that kind of blank, Miles Teller has this kind of blank register which serves well for many actors who need their faces to be like neutral masks that can be brought to life with slow intensity and a voice that sounds like it can't tolerate bullshit. But for me, the real treat in this movie is Glenn Powell, who plays Hangman the most North American-looking poster boy the Proud Boys would use as an example if they could really design the perfect man. The whole introduction scene of the pilots who've, re- who've been recruited for the mission, the top 1% elite of fighter pilots, the best pilots in the world that they, they, they have to remind us constantly throughout the movie. Like this is, I wouldn't say it's dumbed down. This is perfect for parents, really, because parents, as I remind you, are always falling asleep watching anything that lasts longer than 15 minutes. So it's like, don't worry. The mission is super basic, it's super easy, but just in case you're confused, we're going to tell you three times throughout the film. And we're going to have a title card at the beginning. This, These are the best pilots in the world. <laughs> so the whole introduction scene of who these pilots are, it has to happen at the bar. And, and this is where uh, Glenn Powell shines. I mean, <laughs> he really knocks it out of the park. There's this childish rivalry thing with the other pilots. He shoots darts blindfolded and hits the bullseye. There's a moment he orders at the bar and he smiles, clenching his jaw in a way that you can see the jaw bump lock from outer space. Like it goes. And I swear, I released endorphins during that scene. Just like when I walk around the house with the the Hoover and baby mama has a, well, same thing happened to me. Maybe I have something inside of me that is trying to come out. Let it out. Let, Let it, it out. out it, was, it, it came out during the whole film of this. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, there, in a cultural moment where cis males in position of power aren't exactly the most popular figures to root for, this film serves as a kind of balm for all those angry men who are really putting a lot of effort into making us look even worse. I think it could have a positive, positive effect to balance out the online negativity towards, say, Disney's insistence that they should remake everything with a racially diverse cast. I mean, I'm the first person who cannot deal with a remake titled Snow Black and the Seven Persons of Reduced Growth. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Because I can't spend another minute arguing online with racist trolls. Even the racial diversity in this movie doesn't feel forced since it's very common to see people of color in the U.S. Army. And the one female fighter pilot, pilot isn't shamelessly tokenized. It feels close to reality in a movie that doesn't really care for any kind of relatability to real human circumstances, okay? So I just felt that sometimes people of a certain age, like myself, deserve to be rewarded with cheap nostalgia, filmed really expensively, and sometimes it's fun to root for the bad guys. And the only mm, thing that that just felt like it wasn't a complete perfect artifact of entertainment, uh, which kind of relies on a lot of nostalgia 
I'm not going to get into the Val Kilmer thing because it was so perfect. Nothing needs to be said. It's just perfect. I'll, I'll let people enjoy the surprise. Um, but they, for some mysterious reason, they brought back some of the iconic songs from the from the previous movie, but they didn't put this song in. My God, Ma, are you going to go and see? Are you going to watch Top Gun now? Uh, the new Top no. Gun? Absolutely not. <laughs> he didn't convince you. No, and he left out the greatest part, which is like men fighting their homosexuality. Like the, I think that's the most interesting thing about that movie, and I already am comfortable with everyone's homosexuality, so I don't think I need to see Top Gun to to come to terms with it. Sounds to me like communist talk, Mo. Communist. <laughs> Are you a communist? Uh, yeah, absolutely. If you, I can be a lot of things, including a communist. Okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, go, I, yeah, uh, yeah I, you also can be a person who knows a lot about the Kardashians if you were looking for a segue into <laughs> my section. Well, I was going to go from like, Communist to capitalist because the Kardashians yeah. are quite successful capitalists. I don't, don't see are. a lot of communism. But I the... don't see a way in which one thing comes into conflict with the other. <laughs> I can be a communist and still be the most knowledgeable person about the Kardashians. Oh, it's no, like no. from a like an academic point of view and also from a fan point of view. <laughs> there was no conflict. It was just you know from the one to the other. It was it was a trying. Yeah, I'm I'm just like Rosalia. Yo soy muy mía. Yo me transformo. I'm a communist and a Kardashian fan. I thought you were about to do a rhyme. Yeah, I I I wish it could. <laughs> I could do that, but I'm not that intelligent. Um, but yeah, um, I feel like it is what everyone has been waiting for, <laughs> for me to talk more about the Kardashians if I am ever not talking about the Kardashians. Now it's time that I do it even more because they're back. Not meaning Did that... Did they ever go away? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not meaning that they ever went away because they're, every, they're everywhere. What's the title of that movie? Everything Everywhere All at Once. That's the Kardashians and they're doing everything everywhere all at once. But I'm meaning they're back in the sense that their reality show is back, which um, that stopped for a few months. The first season um, ended. And now we have season two, which premiered uh, September 22nd. So I, Hang on, hang on. Hasn't it been going on for about 20 years? How yeah, only but season then, two? oh my God, Keeping Up With The Kardashians ended and they, they did something completely different and not exactly the same called The Kardashians. Was that for a rival network? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for Disney Plus and Hulu in the US for our US listeners who don't know where the Kardashians are. But now it's back with the same place and it's Exactly, up. now okay. it's back for a second season on Disney Plus, plus whatever you call it. Yeah. Um, and it's the second one because it's, it's something that's different from Keeping Up With The Kardashians that went on for like 18 seasons or more. 
Um, well, that's not the news, Ben. You're no, no, no. Okay, sorry. Keeping um, me off track. Well, yeah. Naturally, we have to talk about them because, uh, like we said, they're the mo- like. I feel like, and now I'm not joking. It sounds like I'm joking, but I feel like it's important that we do because talking about them, it's not like I'm talking about specifically Kim Kardashian or just Kim Kardashian. When we talk about them, we talk about Occidental culture. Like we talk about what's going on today in the world. Like we're taking these people that we use like as a metaphor as to what's going on everywhere else because whatever they do is what is the norm and what is expected so uh, like they said uh, it's insane to me that it's so obvious because obviously there's always been like trendsetters or or people that rule the world in a sense like in in a <laughs> cultural sense like I don't know I bet like Marie Antoinette she wore some type of dresses and then they were on fashion like but in this case they they are it's like not something that it's so easy to point out that they decide what's going on in the world. Like, and they know it and, and they have this insane power. So I feel like we have to talk to, about them every once in a while to realize what we're being put through or what are we doing, because that's what Kim said. And obviously one of the aspects they have more power over is beauty standards. Like there's, um, I, I feel like I don't have to explain, but... Just the the main examples of if someone wanted to say they're not they don't have power over this I, I, I we have literal proof like remember in 2014 or something like that 2016 maybe yeah I feel like it's more a 2016 thing when people um Kylie Jenner Kylie Jenner's lips are in, looking bigger and she said um she didn't have anything done and it was like lip liner and some tricks and whatever, whatever. And people starting doing like the quote-unquote Kylie Jenner lip challenge and which consisted in sucking like a, li- like a shot cup or, or little cups and then your lips would get um, super inflamed. Is that a word? Inflamed, inflamed. yeah. Um, and, but if you did it um, longer, like if you did it for more than just a few seconds, you would get bruises and it would... How? W- yeah, it was horrible, and people like were having to go to the hospital <laughs> because of that. And then it what it it went to a point where Kylie Jenner had to come out and tell people to stop doing so, and she had to come clean, like she was getting um, lip fillers, and and that was not what she was doing at home. So people w- st- had to stop doing that. Did you ever do it? No, but I was so tempted. But then I saw like the the failed attempts. I was like. I'm such a loser, it would happen to me. Um, and I didn't. Um, but obviously the m- most notable um, beauty trend that they or beauty standard that they have um, changed and, and that has like completely shifted our views is uh, the curvy look, like the, the having a huge butt and huge uh, boobs and, and this curvy figure that that's associated with uh, Marilyn Monroe and and women from like later, like 50s, 60s, whatever, but that we came from the 90s, which we were so used to like model-like figures, very stick-like shapes and no curves at all. And they changed that. And and it kind of looked like a positive change because it's more natural to have curves and and stuff than being like a, a... a stick but at the same time it just like it's bodies like it is 
crazy, but it's true. But bodies are a trend. Like your kind of shape, like maybe you're more curvy and you're trendy now. And if you're um, skinnier, like slinkier, I don't know how to would you would call it in in English, like a stick, um, you're not trendy. Like it's insane to me that the idea of a body a shape that you cannot control because you're born with that. Like, I understand fashion. I understand trends. I understand that you can, like, give into it and, and maybe it's not good for the environment, but it's easy to process, like, okay, this is fashion now. Now I have um, skinny jeans are in or skinny jeans are out. Um, baggy clothing is in, baggy clothing is out, and you buy or you don't, and depending on, on the trend. But a body, mm. how, how can a body be a trend? Like... And, and that's exactly what is happening. How can a body be a trend? Well, surgery. Like, people um, are getting literal surgeries, like going on under the knife um, to to fit into the small, to fit into the, the, the things that we have decided that they're trendy because that's what happens when you make a trend out of a, a, a anatomy. Like, people will do whatever it takes to fit in. And it, that means that more than ever now, people are getting surgeries, like, um, especially, like, maybe that's not exactly a surgery, like getting fillers. Um, I remember when I was little, fillers were only a thing, like, maybe, like, it was popular on Beverly Hills, but not on normal street. You wouldn't go on the street and see a lot of, like, places where you could get fillers. And now it's, it's like, you can see, like, a... a a place where you can get waxed or a hair trim and you can also see at the same time um, a place that you can get fillers. It's just like a regular thing. It's not more important than a little like something like getting waxed. Like, oh yes, it's a, for beauty standards. But one thing is pulling your leg hairs out with wax and the other one is literally modifying your face with um, things that you inject in your in your face, which is, I, I don't know, I feel like it's so much more violent one thing than the other and so much more, um, like, dangerous. Um, but if lip fillers um, freak me out, like, I'm not saying whoever does it is wrong. Like, uh, I totally understand. I, I also feel the, the pressure to fit in and I would also understand considering it. Like, everyone's doing it. I'm not saying I'm superior. I'm just looking at it from another point of view, like, wow, that's crazy that we have gotten to this point. And, and what, yeah, it's another level of craziness is that people are literally going under the knife to fit in these trends that, as a, the word explains, is something that will probably end sometime because it's a trend, another one will come. Um, and it's getting BBLs. I feel like we have already talked about this, but um, since Kim and her sisters um, have this kind of body that they also went under the knife for. Like, it's not natural that maybe they were a little bit um, curvier, but the ex the version that they are now, it's like a parody of, of, of the normal, of like a Marilyn or other women who have more curves. Like, it, it needs like surgery to have that body. And people are copying these surgeries that they got to fit in, to, to be like them. And, and people... Like the amount of BBLs, which is Brazilian butt lift for those who don't I just know. looked it up. I thought it was something like that. <laughs> um, yeah, um, the number of, like, the growing number of um, people that are getting this procedure that it's, like, almost normal is insane. And I, like, 
you just go on TikTok and you could you. I've seen so many videos regarding BBLs, even though I'm not considering one, but the amount of people that are getting it and are recording the process or maybe like it's, you can find someone explaining their experience. You can find someone on a plane um, from Miami or wherever it is, like maybe Colombia, a lot of people go to South America to get it. Um, And you can see people um, in a weird position at the plane, like with the hands on the seat and the but like lifted and because they just got a procedure and they're flying back to the US or wherever they're from. And there's a lot of rows of people like in that weird sitting position because they cannot sit down because they had their butt (laughs) done just now. Um, And I've even seen like a girl who was 19 explaining her experience and the reasons why she got a BBL at 19. At 19, you're like literally a teenager still and you haven't yet fully develop your body like it will change and you already got plastic surgery which once again I'm not saying is this girl's fault um, nor anyone else it's just the pressure that we put um, among each other and, and the normalization of plastic surgery which is worrying but wait because I I know I already kind of touched on this on, on other shows and but the thing is that's not the news That's that was just a pretext for what I'm going to say now because Obviously, the Kardashians are back, and the Kardashians are back, not only with a new season, but a new, <laughs> a new body trend. Like um, Kim Kardashian has decided that is now over. If you have literally put your life at risk and spent thousands of dollars to fit the mold, we are sorry to inform the mold has now been replaced, and you already don't fit the new one. Oopsies. Go back to your doctor and tell him to reverse it. Because that's literally what is happening. Her, um, Kim, and her sisters, well, basically Chloe, which, who was the, the other one who had an Im- insane BBL. Like, <laughs> it, it looked stupid. Uh, uh, Hang on, did you, it wasn't natural. It wasn't natural. <laughs> it was not. Okay, I don't know, I don't know. No, I don't, no, no, no. Um, but she... she they right. do, like, the Kardashians um, set um, beauty standards, but that doesn't mean they're... It's their natural beauty standards. It's what they decided to go for. Um, obviously, they have a lot of procedures done and a lot of care. And that's what people like think it's attainable, but they have a lot more money than we do. So, well, Kim and Chloe have quite literally dissolved their butt. Like, it's <laughs> like it's what? a dissolvation. Like, what? you can dissolve the fat that you put from your BBL. And that's why they, what they did. And now they're going for a more 90s look. And for that, I mean low-waisted jeans, but also anorexia (laughs) and very wide beauty standards. So um, all of these, we can trace it back from a very specific point in time. And it was the Met Gala of this year where Kim, um, where we saw Kim with the Marilyn Monroe dress, the the dress that um, iconic, um, happy birthday, Mr. President. And, and she went on to explain that she had to do extreme dieting to fit in that dress. And she said it like so nonchalant, like, oh, yes, I just drank water for a month or whatever. She said something insane. And, and she said it like it was a normal thing. So, yeah, um, let's go for very bad um, food consumption and food relationship um, now on the mainstream. Uh, and and that made people really concerned, obviously, because you, you cannot see that so casually and expect to not have consequences. But what 
the reason I'm talking it today and not um, the day of, of the Met Gala that was months ago is because she recently went to um, the James Corden show and you can see her like she's consuming right in front, like consuming away right in front of our, of our eyes. Like there's half a Kim in that show. Like there's and a photo of her comparing the last time she was um, at the show and this time um, is going viral because of the difference and the concerning difference that there's one from the other. Like there's literally a Kim and then half a Kim. And as Noelia Ramirez um, wrote, has written in, in her column in El País, I'm just going to quote her because I think she says it so much more better than I could ever. Um, she says, what terrifies what terrifies us is realizing that if the woman who has most influenced and shaped beauty canons in the last 15 years is slowly disappearing before our eyes, it's because the scourge of the white anorexic ideal, the one that had my entire generation sucking in its stomach and ignoring grumbling tummies, and it's back in our lives. Um, it's worrying, and, and it's literally what is happening. Like, this is... We already have seen the level in which Kim can make people like believe a beauty ideal, like people going to Brazil or wherever to get their BBLs done, 19-year-old girls getting their going under the knife to have her body. So if Kim says now anorexia is back, it's going to be back. And that's a terrifying thought and something that we should be concerned about. One, well, right, one question. Okay, as I understand it, one of the reasons that a lot of people liked the Kardashians mm -hmm. was they, they did bring in this kind of like more um, <clears throat> voluminous look, right? And, and they weren't sort of on, you know, uh, anorexically skinny, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. That, that was one of the reasons why they were popular. So do you think you see them like there being a big backlash? Do you think like a lot of people are going to go off them because they're, they're, they're like this? Or, or what do you think? I think they have reached the level of fame because of, of their looks and stuff, but they are now on a level of fame that it they don't depend on that look. They know they can create a new one and they already sustained from the fame and, mm. and the new look can become the new thing, which is what they're doing now. So it, it's not like people will stop liking them because they depend on their huge ass, ass, asses. Asses. Uh, yeah. Um, it, it's not that anymore maybe if they did that like seven years ago maybe they would actually lose a, a bit of popularity but now they're on a level in which they're literally um occidental culture they're the culture they decide what what is the culture and if they say it's this it i'm a hundred percent sure it's going to be this it already is and it will get so much worse when it we're so much used to her being that like imagine how it took a while for people to actually get the BBLs first, you get admiration and then you want to copy. So now we're on, on the admiration aspect of, of the new look that it's going that's going around, which is um, being anorexic. And then you become anorexic later on. But the thing is that um, Kim bringing back, uh, it's not only like that she is bringing back anorexia, it's uh, like the the summa how do you say summa like the the sum of it the all, sum yeah. of things because it's not only that it's also like she i'm not saying well it's going to sound bad but first listen like right, right. she's going skinnier 
she has this blonde look that she started for for the Met Gala to be more Marilyn like, um, and she kept it because she looks good on it. Um, and she's not tanning anymore, so it's not that Kim is distancing herself, um, from like the curvy look, but she's also leaving back, uh, the the aesthetics of blackness that brought up brought her to the fame because she is she used a lot of um black culture to to for the fame like you said like this is what brought them to being very popular what got people talking about we have seen her in extreme like tan looks in which she almost looked like a black woman um she also did black hairstyles for a long time she um drank a lot of this culture and now she's decided that she's ditching it so she's not only shape-shifting but she is racially shifting now she is becoming a white woman kim is white again because she decided now it's the cool thing again it's it's going to be cool to be the the kate moss the paris hilton she's not she's not anymore the exotic um assistant best friend of paris hilton she's going to be paris hilton She's going to be the. She's decided that's what it's it's back. And I was listening to a podcast um, called "Sounds Like a Cult" um, that pointed out something in uh, the episode specifically. Specifically, it's called "The Cult of Plastic Surgery." If you want to listen to that, um, and they pointed out something really interesting, and they basically said something along the lines that plastic surgery is becoming too accessible. Like you can be a random nineteen-year-old girl from. Minnesota or whatever, or someone in the States, or maybe, I feel like maybe here too, like uh, um, in Europe is happening too, maybe not 19-year-olds, but a lot of people are getting procedures. And now that poor people are getting bubs, buds and boobs, rich people will have to go back to all natural because they must differentiate themselves from the common random people on the street. Because if I can get a BBL and I can look like Kim Kardashian, what is Kim Kardashian any more different than me? Kim Kardashian has to be slightly different, apart than from a billionaire. Like she has to look dif- more different than me because if I she looks like a trashy girl from Barcelona or from wherever, she she's not something elite. She's not something at top. She's just a commoner, and you cannot be a commoner if you are the culture. You have to be something like a god in the Olympic, like they aspire to be. And they copy you, but they can never be you. And once they are you, you have to shape shift. And if shape shifting is not enough, you racially shift too. <laughs> and, and it's insane. It's a thought that it, obviously it was something that they discussed in a podcast, not something that Kim Kardashian <laughs> went out and said. But as much as it sounds insane, I think it's 100% accurate. And I totally believe um, there's a thought process along these lines that went on when Kim changed completely her looks within a span of six months and we're gonna have to leave it there are we yeah okay. yeah, yeah. i had something yeah. else but talk about big divorce energy maybe yeah. next time yeah we're going to talk about men <laughs> we're gonna talk about men okay and uh, so from top gun to the kardashians that was what a big, trip. <laughs> big energy all right we're gonna end with rico nasty gods to get paid
You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. (laughs) 